Hi, friends, and welcome to a special summer episode of The Afterword, a podcast from Bellevue Women where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we find in God's Word. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street. Today, we're also joined by our friends, Grace Wade and Leslie Hollowell. Being a teenager has never been easy, but today's teens are growing up in a culture that is openly hostile to Christianity and where social media messaging flows 24-7 through their smartphones. Most parents could never have imagined the issues their teens are facing today during their own adolescence. The post-Christian world we live in gives rise to the question, how do parents shepherd their teens wisely in the midst of so many ungodly influences? We're diving into this topic on today's episode and hope to give you some encouragement on how to safeguard the teens in your life. You're listening to The Afterword. Grace and Leslie, Dana and I are thrilled that you are here with us today. You ladies are on the front lines dealing with our teenagers, their families. You know what's going on in culture. You're experiencing these things every day, basically. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and your role, and then we'll get into some of our discussion, okay? We'll start with you, Grace. Yeah. Hey, well, I am Grace. I currently serve as the high school director here at Bellevue. I've been in middle school ministry for the past four years and about a month ago stepped in, and so it's really neat on that side getting to continue with our girls um, and getting to catch back in of where were you in middle school and where are you now in high school and seeing even in that, just the culture, how that has shifted in some of these girls or parents or families and seeing positive sides of their walk with the Lord, but also the negative side of seeing, especially after this past year of just right. all that's going on, but love getting to serve with girls and connect and doing coffee with them and all the things, just doing life with our students. It's super fun. Well, I teach in the senior high and <laughs> I know how involved you are and how much the girls love you. So thank you. We really appreciate all that you do. Leslie, tell us about you. Well, my name is Leslie Hollowell. I've been at Bellevue for 16 years. I was actually your first girls ministry that's director. Right. So I was Grace's girls minister. <laughs> yes. So that's fun to see all, all of that and just have a heart for discipleship. But after I stepped down from girls ministry to become a late in life mom, the Lord opened the door for me to be in the counseling ministry, mm-hmm. continuing to work with teenage girls and their parents. And so I've been there for almost 10 years now. So wow. yeah, it's a fun and really hard generation that we get to love and minister to, right, Grace? For sure. <laughs> exactly. So for those of us who may not be as aware of how culture is impacting teens, give us a little bit of an update on what our teens are facing. Stepping in into where I am now, just conversations, even this week with students, it's, it seems like a daily, just jumping in and seeing where they're at and That is across the board of if they're just struggling with depression and anxiety, struggling a ton with suicide thoughts. So many students who are going into counseling or even facilities for that over this past year. Girls who are struggling with sexual identity, that has become Mm -hmm. such a huge um, topic. Um, Every single week I have those conversations with girls and their sense of truth is not based in the word. And so that's with culture. And so if that's Culture tells them, hey, you don't have to label yourself and have an identity. And so they're really struggling with that of, okay, well, who am I? And then on the other side of just sexual morality there of struggling with sexting, that has been a huge thing, even in our middle school students up into our high school students. One in four students have received a sexting have received new pictures or have been asked for those. And so that's what our, mm-hmm. our students are dealing with. Pornography. One statistic I read was that 91% of teens think that it's okay 
or they're neutral about it or they encourage that pornography is not a big deal. And so that is where our girls are, not just our guys in that. And so being able to realize that for moms and for teens of like, hey, this is a big deal that they see it on social media. They see it with their friends all the time, wherever it is, like they are with that all the time. And so just being able to realize social media is a huge part of that, um, that they're dealing with. And I'm sure with counseling, there's so many other things that you're seeing. There is. I think they get too much too soon now. Yes. They're a generation who gets so much. There's Mm -hmm. way more TV channels. There's all the YouTube channels. There's all the social media outlets of Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. And and then there, I mean, that increases their anxiety to a level we've never seen before Mm -hmm. in teenagers. And so anxiety is the number one thing that girls come in the office for. And that's saddening to me because I just feel like if you could just take them out and put them in a, you know, a nice field that's full of flowers and know that it would just be lowered. And that's just not where we are today. So how are we going to meet our girls? You know, I think that for me, all the outside influences parents have we as parents and I'm one have to step up and make sure that we're the most influential in their Mm. life and that's a hard we're up against a lot when you do that well true because parents have their own issues that they're dealing with (laughs) you know sometimes it's just a perfect storm it is and so I'm sure you see a lot of that and sometimes the storm takes place in the relationships between the teen and the parent Mm -hmm. yes ma'am and you know the parent doesn't always have the ear of them and that's why I'm so grateful that I get those our opportunities when they come into my office, I have their full attention because their phone isn't allowed in my office. Right. Yeah. And um, I get to open the word with them in counseling and just plant seeds of truth. So, of course, I'm a big proponent for biblical counseling, and Grace sure. does that in discipleship, yes. just having coffee with these girls. And so I would say, hey, parents, find a mentor you trust that's an influential, positive ear in your Absolutely. child. And I saw that, obviously, after our son went through a period of rebellion in high school. Mm-hmm. And when he came back around, I just asked him, like, if you could be discipled by anybody, who would it be? And he chose one of the pastors on our staff. And I went to him and pleaded with him to take the senior boys. And he did. And it had a profound impact on him. And so when Mm -hmm. Lindsay was coming into her you know, ninth grade high school year, I just really started praying. And I went to our youth pastor and said, I don't want her in my class. I was dropping down to teach her grade level of girls. I said, I want her in another woman's class because I want somebody else speaking the same truth into her that she's hearing at home. Mm-hmm. So it's not just mom and dad. It's not just the pastor and his wife, you know, that these are biblical truths that across the board, people who are following Christ believe and choose to live out. And that's it. I think we that's one of the things that I pray for my son daily. God put male mentors in his yes. life, put those people in his life that will plant the seeds of truth, you know, every day because they are up against, and Grace knows this, man, the things that we deal with in our office sometimes of just what they've seen, the 12-year-old that's sexting, mm-hmm. the, you know, because they're just trying to fit in. Right. When in reality, God has told us we're aliens. And <laughs> I remember right. Jen Wilkin, I heard yeah. her speak at a parenting conference. She said, don't ever forget you're raising an alien. That's right. He's not supposed to fit in. <laughs> they're that's not right. supposed to fit in. And I just keep going back to that. Like, it's okay if he doesn't fit in. I need him to do, you know. And, and he so needs to hear that. She needs yes, to hear that. Your son and daughter to need that. to hear, if you're following Christ, mm-hmm. you 
you will not fit into this world system. Right, right. Yeah, I think in that of just coming alongside them, of the discipleship is so important. And that's what I've seen as girls will come and it's just meeting them where they are of sitting Absolutely. down and letting that be a safe place for them of, hey, I'm not judging you. I just want to listen. Where are you and how are you doing? And in that, that is where they open up the floodgates. And I had coffee with a girl this past Tuesday and she she went on to share just suicidal thoughts and went on to share of boys that are asking her for things and just all of this of like, but I'm, I'm so scared to tell my mom, like, I don't think I could do that. And just that disconnect where you need those other voices, but that also point them back to truth and point them back to that relationship. But for parents to know, I've been in Nehemiah and that is something that I've seen of just, okay, for parents to ask that question of, okay, are the walls down? Let me just see where my daughter is and not think I know where she is, but really dig in and see, okay, what are the things she's dealing with? And for that, we have to know what's out there. If that's YouTube or TikTok or Snapchat, seeing, hey, this is what my daughter is seeing every day. Right. And I think a lot of parents don't realize how much time their students mm-hmm. actually spend on their phones, in front of a screen, on social media. You know, most statistics tell us teens spend over seven hours mm-hmm. a day in front of a screen, eight to 12 year olds over four hours a day. I can't fathom that. But what are some of the safeguards that parents should put in place? Things I think are common sense <laughs> that are not so common anymore, like charging the phone in the parent's bedroom Mm -hmm. so that the child doesn't have it all night long to have free access to everything that the deep, dark web has to Mm. offer. And the enemy is there luring them in. So what are some safeguards, some things parents can do? Yeah, I would say in that, wait as long as possible to even give your students a phone. Absolutely. Um, The statistic now is that half of children who are 11 have a phone. And in that, they have access to social media and and the internet and all of that. And so wait as long as possible. There's different options out there that you don't have to give your your student a smartphone. Right. I don't think most people know that, but you don't have to give them a smartphone. And so being able to have boundaries in place for that. And then, like you said, of just late nights, don't let them have their phone. Nothing good happens in darkness. That's right. And so knowing that, okay, if you're paying for that phone, you have the right to look at text. You have, I know, but you have the right to look at text. Sound like my husband. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to know that. I they mean, do. you yeah. know, I mean, and also I think as a parent, we've got to realize we're their safe place. So they're going to get the maddest at us, but remind them that I'm protecting you, you know, and as you know, as a mom, y'all, maybe in your teen years, they didn't think you were the best, but now that your kids are grown, you've got that relationship, you know, and you had to fight that. And I think sometimes we as parents, we think, oh no, they're going to hate us. Well, no, our job is to protect them. And so providing- job is to be the parent, not the friend. friend. Being the friend comes later. But but for that also, I think one of the things I remember someone telling me is study your son. Mm -hmm you know, see what makes him tick, get to know, and, you know, and then study technology. I had to learn how to go on there, and he has an hour limit on his little Nintendo, and after an hour, that's his day, you know, and learning those things. Like, we as parents have got to love them, we've got to listen, and then we got to learn, and those are three things that I keep going back to. That's beautiful, and you know what? Bill and Dana were great examples of that with their boys and studying their boys. I remember Dana, who didn't really particularly enjoy football, because Became a football. I mean, she is. She's got it down. <laughs> one, of, one of the books I'm most proud of is Football for Dummies because I decided if they were going to play football, 
I was going to be all in and sat through not just, I don't know how many games, but I went to practices. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to discuss and literally at night to get into their world when we were eating dinner, I would pull out potato chips, Pringles, actually, because they worked really well. And they would set up plays for me and explain. That and it was great. just, I didn't even you know, know this story. You were studying them. You yes. were yes. learning what, yes. and, and then you were earning that. I think sometimes we've got to earn that right to their ear, you right. know, to, to really like, okay, well, she, she's trying. She's not so antiquated. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> she's, she, she actually could do that. In fact, I won the fantasy football league. You know, hey. Yeah, my little boy is big time ninja warrior, and uh-huh. I conquered the monkey bars at, for my fiftieth birthday just Look so I could you. do it with him. Oh, that's <laughs> that <is> awesome. <laughs> that's great. That was big for me. Here. That's great. <laughs> but it shows parents, or it shows our students in that, that. Those are great examples, and the parents have to be the place that their mm-hmm. children can feel safe to come and ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where using something like Passport to Purity or something like that as they're entering into adolescence is excellent, and taking them away for a weekend or even just overnight to talk about it and work through it. And I did that with my girls with Preparing for Adolescence with James Dobson before Passport to Purity was even out. Right. <laughs> but that's that's what we did. And we did it before they entered middle school. And we would go away for nights, spend the night in the hotel. And we would work through the, the CDs then, you know, mm-hmm. of those messages. And I told them, you're free to stop at any point and ask a question. There's no question that's off limits. You mm-hmm. can come to me and ask me anything. And so we would, they go, wait a minute. And we'd stop and they'd ask a question. I'd explain it to them. And you've got to develop a poker face. Mm-hmm. As a parent, do I not be shocked. <laughs> yes, 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 especially boys. If you, yes. I'm going to tell you, no, boys. Yeah. This I'm is one of those shocked. that we were talking about. intentional parenting yes. um, by Sissy Goff and David mm. Thomas is great, but he, they talk about that in there about how important it is to respond but not react, mm-hmm. to not let, you know to respond with grace and mercy and love and let them ask the hard questions, but don't react when they do ask the hard exactly. questions. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's what, I mean. So many of our girls are like, I, my mom would freak out if I told me told her that. And right. so being able to say to moms, hey, don't react. Yes, your daughters want to share with you, but they're afraid of that response. And that's so big for them to know it is a safe place. Because the home. enemy works on all of us with mm-hmm. sheer, with mm-hmm. shame and fear mm-hmm. and guilt. So yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but we know well, that. And, and as a parent, you, you're like, oh my gosh, have I failed them? You know, when in reality, you've got to just let them ask those questions. Yeah. Well, let's go back to kind of the foundation because I fully believe that biblical literacy mm-hmm. is the foundation for faith mm-hmm. and that primary discipleship and focus on our personal walk with Christ should be at home. It's, you know, we call it Deuteronomy 6ing it. Mm-hmm. When you rise up, when you sit down, when you walk in the way, talking about the Lord should come out of the overflow of our lives. It should be who we are not just what we do or what we profess. It is literally coming out of our inner being because Christ transforms us from the inside out. So how can we encourage parents to disciple their children at home? Because the church comes alongside to supplement what the parents are doing. They can't just leave it up to the church. I think I would encourage moms in that is to show to show their students. That's one example Leslie has said of just in the morning, be reading your Bible. Let that be something that they see my mom or my dad. They read the Bible. They're in the Word. And that is mm. just a picture to them that, okay, mom and dad take the Lord seriously and not let that be an overflow to them. Shelly Spence also did a podcast last week. I think it's going to be on one of our Equip ministry emails sent out. But it's on shepherding your daughter's heart well. So I encourage mm. y'all to look Excellent. for that. But she said that of moms, set aside time to spend with your daughters 
and walk with them, share verses with them, encourage them, set aside their schedule as well. And it's just that intentional one-on-one time with them. But you're encouraging them with the word. You're asking them the simple question of, hey, have you read your Bible today? What's something the Lord's teaching you? Asking those intentional questions to their students and not just thinking they're reading their Bible or all those things, but really showing them, hey, I care about your walk with the Lord. And this is what the Lord is teaching me. And it begins that where so many girls were like, it's just awkward to talk about the Lord with my mom. Mm-hmm. And that should not be the case. Yeah. And so starting that conversation now, that it is normal. It should be the, the heart of Absolutely. our home to talk about the Lord Absolutely. and letting, letting that conversation begin now. Well, and our children mimic us. They do what they see us do. So we can't say, go read your Bible mm-hmm. and not that, set yeah. that example. We can't say, you need to limit your time on screen but yet we have free reign exactly. to do whatever. Right. And, and we're not they're asking us a question while we're sitting there. Exactly. I had written that down on my paper, that kids learn more through observation than information. Yes. Yes. They're going to observe what we do, you know. And, and copy it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. and mimic it, as you just said. And, unlike, so. and unfortunately, they tend to copy our bad behavior mm-hmm. much <laughs> quicker than they do our good behaviors. That gives us a, a, the opportunity to practice forgiveness. Absolutely. And ask them, you know, mm-hmm. they need exactly. to see that as much in our lives as anything else. And that we're still and in process. So, yes, we're still growing yes. and maturing. And I, right. think, I think one of the things that I would remind moms, like, you don't have to have it together, but whatever exactly. you learn, just teach it to mm-hmm. them. Yes. You know, if you read a few verses this morning, share those verses. You know, you don't have to know the whole Bible. I think there's an intimidation um, factor that's there sometimes for parents that they feel inadequate. When in reality, if we go, hey, I want to show you what I read, and it was one verse, you're at least setting that standard for them. Exactly. After praying for months, Psalm 42, 1, Mm -hmm. as the deer pants for the water brook, Mm -hmm. so my soul longs for you, O God. God, I was begging God to make that a reality, but I hungered and thirsted for him and his word. And I remember one morning, just my Bible was open and I like, I, I would just leave it open. I, if I got a moment, I wanted to come back and pick back up mm-hmm. because God was speaking to me through his word. And I wanted to call a friend and tell him. And I remember the Lord saying, share it with Grant. And I'm like, it was in kindergarten or first grade at the time. I'm thinking, he's totally not going to get it. You're like, he is not going to get this at all. And it was just like the Holy Spirit said he doesn't have to. He needs to get your passion. Mm-hmm. He needs to and long for the Lord to speak to him like that. And that's what we're passing on. Mm-hmm. And you've often said passion is caught. That's, that's right. So, And seeing exactly. that, I think, in Psalm 78 of that call is to tell the next generation right. of all that the Israelites walked through, but also of how faithful the Lord was. Um, and so that call for our parents to see, okay, we need to tell the generation. Yes. We need to tell the next generation. And that just comes from the overflow. Okay, what are those couple yes. of verses? They want to hear that. Exactly. Well, right. it says we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. That's right. I, every time I read that, I'm like, how can I tell them if I don't know those praiseworthy mm-hmm. deeds? You know, that that's my call to get in the Word that's and right. study that. You know, it's so interesting how when scientists, whether it's neuroscience, that the brain can actually be renewed, mm-hmm. or it's LifeWay doing a survey of parents about the things Deuteronomy 6 tells us to do with our families and how we're to pass on that love for the Lord and to teach it diligently to our children. And you find that the parents who actually do that, the vast majority of their children grow up to love the Lord and still be engaged in the church. And I'm referring to a LifeWay survey that they did 2,000 parents. And of those parents, of the ones whose kids as adults were still engaged in a church and still loved the Lord and were 
actively serving him, they gave a list of the things that would predict these kids growing up and loving the Lord. Number one was reading the Bible, Mm -hmm. having a regular system for reading the Bible. Number two is prayer, which obviously, you know, we know that those two go hand in hand. But then the interesting thing was the third one was service. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that you bring your children to church, but that you provide opportunities for them to serve. Obviously, here at Bellevue, we provide opportunities. I've got 11th grade girls that are already serving mm-hmm. in junior high girls' life groups. But we also provide quarterly Bellevue Loves Memphis projects, pathways for people to be involved. What are some ways that you would encourage parents to incorporate some of these things in the lives of their children? I think we've kind of covered Bible reading. But what about prayer and what about service? I think on prayer praying with your daughter, yes, of bringing them in if that is in the morning before school time mm-hmm. or at night of if you go and take that phone, but sitting That's down right. and having that with your family, having prayer time, modeling that for them, that it is normal to pray and also praying for your daughter, mm-hmm. praying for them and encouraging them in their time with the Lord to model that for them. This is what it means of, you did a great job of Matthew 6, of modeling the Lord's prayer. And I taught that to one of my life group classes. Like, hey, this is what it looks like. I've talked to so many of our girls. They say, I don't know how to read the Bible and I don't know how to pray. Mm. And if we don't teach our girls how to do those two things, how are they walking well with the Lord? And so I think that's just And how will they be ready for facing the world, college, Mm -hmm. career, whatever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you look for opportunities, mm-hmm. too, to do that. When my boys were in elementary school, actually, well, let me go back to my oldest son. I worked at the school that he mm-hmm. went to, so I drove him to school mm-hmm. every day. And it was a great opportunity for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. We, we would have a little devotion time. He was only five, but then we would pray. And I would pray, and then I would say, now, Jonathan, you pray. Mm-hmm. And the sweetest thing. I still remember the day that this happened. We were pulling into the driveway at the school, and I said, now, Jonathan, it's your time to pray. And he prayed and asked Jesus to come into his heart. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and to this day, he will say, I remember where I was wow. in the back seat of that blue Sentra that you drove, Mom. <laughs> you know, and we're pulling into the parking lot. And just the conviction that came over my heart. But that never would have happened if we had not had that pattern mm-hmm. already of of praying together in the morning mm-hmm. and talking about Absolutely. the Lord. Because that does get, I know I've heard you say this, Donna, getting the morning started off right mm-hmm. has so much to do with the way the rest of the day exactly. goes. Right, right. You're exactly right. And, you know, for me growing up, my dad, he worked the midnight. Basically, he left for work at 1.30 and didn't get home till midnight. So we didn't see him when we were in school very Mm -hmm. much except for the mornings. But his requirement for us, every morning we had to tell him the Bible verse. Mm -hmm. And I hated Mm -hmm. it because here you have three girls in the bathroom. Did you find a short verse? Did you find you know? (laughs) But I'm telling you, that was the most impactful Mm -hmm. thing. It was just an expectation that he gave us. And I think think we need to raise the expectations of our kids. And rather than lower expectations. Yes, yes. I think we need to raise the raise bar. The bar. Yeah. Raise the I bar. think we need to set standards. And we're the parents. That's what God's called us to do, to love them well. Now that's you're on what my I'm, soapbox. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is what I'm learning as a parent. I don't have, but you know, I think routine, you yes. know, if you go back and look at Daniel, it said he prayed morning, noon, and night. Right. Well, when is our routine to pray with our kids? You know, mm-hmm. I know we prayed on the way to school also, but we also pray at night before right. we go to bed. Exactly. We pray before meals. And again, these aren't things that are like, whoa, I'm over spiritual. I mean, you just put them in your routine 
and you began to it's to natural see as breathing. Yes, Absolutely. because I mean, God is our life. It mm-hmm. says that, right. you yes. know. Um, so again, yes, for me and for Grace, we've talked about this often. Like, it's not like being super spiritual. It's just being intentional. That's right. You know, That's right. and praying scripture. I yes. love yes. to pray scripture over him. Mm-hmm. Or and that was mm-hmm. what I did when he was a baby because I was too tired. I was thankful God, my dad had made me memorize those <laughs> scriptures because right. then I could just rock and pray over him. But you know, and if go to Psalm one nineteen, and mm-hmm. I wrote this one down because I mm-hmm. love this Psalm one nineteen eighteen says, "Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law." And so mm-hmm. that's the one I pray over Hudson all. God, open his eyes to see the truth of Absolutely. your law. Psalm one nineteen, teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees. Thirty four, give me understanding. Mm-hmm. Thirty five, direct me. So there's teach me, give me, direct me, mm-hmm. and then verse thirty six says, "Turn my heart towards your statues." Mm-hmm. Verse thirty seven says, "Turn my eyes." away from worthless things. That's right. And I love the, you yeah, know, when beautiful. we go, okay, God, turn his eyes away from worthless things because we li- live in a world of worthless things. Mm-hmm. But the world is putting all the worth on those things. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I could stay on that one forever. That's but I beautiful. think we've got to do scripture. Absolutely. We pray scripture that that was what I was going to actually close mm-hmm. with, with oh, today sorry. was what are some scriptures? <laughs> no, you no. just, it's beautiful. <laughs> what are some scriptures that you can actually pray over your children? And you just gave us some. Obviously, any of the scriptures we can pray. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For our children, over our children, and it's so powerful to speak the word of God over them because God's created us in His image, and His Spirit resonates within us to the living Word of God because His Word is God-breathed. Thank you so much, both of you, for how you have just consecrated yourselves yes. to the Lord, for the beautiful role models you are for our young women, and I am so grateful for the investment of your time and your passion into them and that they're able to look to you and get wise biblical counsel, but also to see a woman they want to emulate. So thank you for being that woman. And thank y'all for being those women. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm so grateful <laughs> for your influences in our yeah. lives continually. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Leslie, would you close us in prayer? Would you pray for our parents and for this next generation? Thank you. Father God, we are grateful for your word that is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Because as parents, it's hard. And so I thank you that you go before us, that you give us wisdom, that we can ask you for that as we parent our children, Lord, that we can call on you knowing that you will answer us and give us great and mighty things that we don't know. And so I do pray for these parents, God. I pray for myself. I pray that we will be intentional, God, that we will study our kids, that we will love them and learn about them and listen. God, especially listen to you, Lord, and then let our overflow flow into them, God. Thank you that no matter how dark it may get in this world, that your word shines bright. And so may we be parents who allow your light to shine in us, that our kids will see your good words and give glory to you. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org women.